You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. This is going to be before we jump into content. One of the things that I I found in my own life is sometimes success is delayed until the way you create success is something that you want, if that makes sense. So like, sure, you could hustle and work really hard and never see your family. And one of the things that I think you would agree with is like, that's not how you want to create success, right? Yeah. Like the success is delayed so that you can create it the way you want to create it. And it's sustainable for you long-term. Right. And I think working backwards, like it's not just about getting the result. It's like, how do I want to create it? And are you, there's always trade-offs, right? Like um, in my life, like I am always there for school pickup. That was really important to me. And so like my day is kind of (laughs) weird, even my work day, you know, but that was a trade-off that I chose. And so your trade-off might be, I'm waiting an additional month because I don't want the holidays for me to be like writing in my room alone when my family is enjoying their time together. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all comes about because I know my success is inevitable. I'm just not exactly sure how to create that now. Sometimes we don't get shown the whole path. You know, I feel like this is a really powerful metaphor for me in entrepreneurship. It's like you get thrown in the dark and they give you a flashlight (laughs) and they're like, okay, figure it out. And you can only see what your flashlight can show you. And so the only way to figure out how to get to where you want to go is to take steps forward in the, in the dark, but like just looking at the step right in front of you. That's been my experience anyway. Do I love having a vision that's huge? Yeah. But like from, (laughs) from, from here to point B, like there's a lot of steps that I don't know. And so all I do is like, okay, like I need to just focus on these next few steps. That's all I can do. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Cindy. All right. You guys, welcome to the matrix. We're talking about content. And in my little um, vague email to you this morning, <laughs> I said that you've probably never heard it this way because I, I think content is taught in a way that creates a lot of pressure to like be viral or be the most unique or the most consistent or whatever. And I'm going to kind of like I don't know, create a space for you to think differently about it, especially if you've struggled with content or feel like it's make or break. Like if I don't post the right thing, I will not make the amount of money that I want to make. And I don't think that's true, especially we're going to talk about how content relates to different offers today, especially for you who are doing one-on-one coaching um, and how I think about content for one-on-one coaching versus content for like a group program or a product or a service, something like, um, that's not necessarily one-on-one coaching. Okay, so I, this is the, the first one. Con, the way that I see content is that content serves one of two things. Either it's this first thing that people meet you, like that's how they meet you first. So that could look like someone randomly finding a post that you made on Instagram and they're like, who is this person? I wanna know more. That happens. But in my experience, content is step two for people. Someone else shares your content to their story and they get curious. Someone meets you in real life and they're like, who is this person? And you're like, oh, like I have an Instagram. You can follow me there. Um, Maybe it's they hear you on a pod, like a guest podcast or something like that. And it's step, they come find your content as step two. 
And so thinking about it that way, I want, um, I want you to think through how you can create lots of different kinds of content, because sometimes when I create content, it is to reach new people. Most of the time, if I ever do like a reel, for example, I'm like, I hope this finds new people. My podcast, I'm imagining people who know me for a while and we're nurturing the relationship. So that was like the first thing that I wanted to clarify is that sometimes content is like their first interaction with you. And sometimes it's the second. I like to think through both things as I'm um, creating content. Okay. So today I'm going to make a bunch of distinctions for you. And by distinctions, I mean like <laughs> um, how to like kind of like a spectrum. So the first one is going to be nurturing or sorry, transactional versus genuine. Um, sometimes I hear things like I didn't get any likes or my, 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 um, you know, I posted every day about my offer and no one bought. And I know when I hear those kinds of reflections, reporting, it's become transactional. The relationship has become transactional. Like I added 10 posts of value to your life. Why haven't you paid me yet? And we might not say it that way, but we can tell when we're being transactional, like my red flag in my own mind is I feel entitled to getting paid because I've been creating content. That is a red flag for me because I don't want to be transactional. And I know none of you who are listening to this call, because you wouldn't be attracted to my work if you were transactional also. I know you want to be genuine, which is service focused, not graspy or needy. You want to be valuable and you don't want your relationships to feel like transactional. Like you're like searching for clients, you know, that feeling of like poaching or pressure. Um, so I feel great when I create content from that genuine place. I stop feeling great when I'm like, but why haven't they bought yet? Why is that person who's clicking all my emails not buying yet? <laughs> right. That doesn't feel good. And so we always want to get, be on the, the side of genuine. This is where that, um, that self-awareness really makes a difference. This isn't a place to judge. I should have said at the beginning. I think I say that a lot. Like this, this whole workshop isn't going to be your permission slip to judge how you've been creating content. I want to create space for you to create it in your own way. Okay. Um, also, I, I forgot to say, if you have any questions or clarifications throughout, please just put it in the chat while we go. The next one is that agenda versus curiosity. So one of the things that I think we, for, like, we know this but sometimes we forget is that humans are very good at identifying energy, right? You can feel people's intent when you talk to them. And I also want to add, like, I think people can feel your intent behind content content too. One of the things that has always been important to me is that like, I have a relationship with people, even if they never buy from me, like I genuinely care about them. And I noticed when I, when I have the agenda creep in, cause we're human and sometimes this happens. And sometimes it's like, I want to make money or I need to make money or whatever story we have, right. We can kind of fall into the agenda type of thinking. Like I need to post so that this person buys versus like curiosity. And some, one of the questions that I asked you last week, which was like, why haven't they bought yet? Not from a place of like, I want them to buy because I need to make money. It's like, how am I missing like that I'm the solution for them, that I can be a guide, I can support them in getting what they want. I think that those two things feel very different and they're different per person. So how does that feel to you? And, and maybe even just check in with yourself. 
just sometimes you fall into that like agenda mentality where you're like, I want you to read my content today and buy versus like, I'm really curious how I can serve them more. What kind of journey are they on where I enter their world and now we get to work together? Um, I think one of the the words that comes to me is like that detached. When I'm curious, I'm detached. Not that I don't care about them. It's just, I don't care when they hire me, if they hire me, if I'm their person, if I'm not their person. Um, I want them to win. I want them to get the results, but I'm not that, I'm not needy. When I have an agenda, I feel needy. Yeah. And um, the next one that is more obvious, service versus gain. Um, obviously we want to feel like I'm of service. This feels the best versus what can I get out of this relationship similar to transactional, right? I think for most of my clients, when they realize like, this isn't about me, they're back into service. It's like, we have so many ideas. We're willing to put ourselves out there more because we're not worried about what I'm going to get back immediately. Um, and this is related to another one, which is like instant versus long-term I think content, you have to have a long-term plan. And one of the other things that has really served me in content is a lot of it is for my self-exploration. And I know that sounds weird because we're just talking about not having agenda and being selfless, right? But one of the ways I get out of my head around content is like, I'm like, this is my self-discovery. This is me finding my voice. And I hope it's helpful. I hope it serves but I'm not attached to it being like an instant, like, boom, get a client, boom, people are sharing my work, boom, like this is happening right now. I'm interested in the long-term relationship that my content has. Let me see this chat really fast. How do you detach when you have a sales goal? How do they fit together? So I think the way that I, that's a really good question. The way that I think through that is I'm never attached to specific people and I can still be attached to my goal. Um, I think specifically for, I think for Cindy, since you're an author, it might be a little bit different for, but for coaches, like if we have consults, it can be easy to feel like this person on this consult, I need them to buy. And that's not usually helpful versus like, I believe I can sign five clients by the end of the year. And it doesn't matter if it's you or someone else. I believe this can happen. That's how I stay detached. Um, so in a sales goal, I think one of the things that is interesting is we think it's, it looks like very consistent. Like I make five sales a day for the rest of the year. And so for me, that feels like very attached on the day-to-day -day basis versus I believe I can sell a hundred books. I don't know, Cindy, if you have a specific goal you want to share, like, I believe I can sell a hundred books by the end of you know the month. I'm not attached to whether that happens today or tomorrow, but I'm going to be taking actions every day because that's what I committed to doing. If that makes sense. Good question though. Okay. Then the other one that I wanted to share, this is from, so I got this, <laughs> I was talking to my friend, Mark Butler. I think many of you guys know him. And um, I was just at the fearless business uh, workshop this last week. And he was there too. And we were talking about um, gardening versus mining. And he has a great podcast that I recommend that you go listen to. It's called the beautiful business podcast by Mark Butler, all about one-on-one -on -one coaching. So it's not super relevant if you don't do one-on-one -on -one coaching, but very relevant if you do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And um, the idea of like gardening versus mining. And I love this. So I wanted to share it. And especially for like the one-on-one -on -one coaching, mining is like 
I'm sifting through dirt to try to find the specks of gold, right? And in content, this looks like I'm trying to go viral. I have a niche. I'm very specific in my content. I'm trying to find people who fit this one thing. They are my gold, right? And so I'm sifting through people trying to find the gold. Sometimes I can feel a little transactional. It doesn't always, but I think the mentality is a little different. Like I'm going to find clients. I'm going to get clients. And to me, like even saying that, I'm like, like, I feel like that kind of like that pressure in my chest, like it feels really intense. And I've been there. I have totally been there. But how I operate in my coaching business now is more like the gardening. And I didn't, I have a podcast that I released like it. Cause like when Mark Butler said that, I was like, wait, I have a podcast called your business garden. <laughs> and I was like, I totally think about it this way versus gardening is nurturing relationships over time right? You're not trying to go find clients, you're nurturing relationships. And some of them will grow to use the metaphor into a paying person. And some of them won't, but either way, you're tending to the people that are in your awareness and in your sphere of influence. And I really enjoy the the gardening metaphor in my podcast episode. If you scroll back on the conscious coach podcast to your business garden, I talk about the three gardener archetypes Um, which was so crazy that he used that um, metaphor too. Anyway, I really resonate with it. And when you, when you think about content creation as like, I'm nurturing relationships, doesn't have to be today. It doesn't even have to be this, this month. I'm here to support them as they evolve. It's about service. It's not about getting, it's about nurturing. Um, And I'm not attached to a timeline, right? When it's time to harvest, it will be. And I'll be there because I'm a, I'm a patient, loving gardener. I'm out there nurturing all the time. And for me, mining feels like, like I got to get this done. I didn't find gold today. I'm a failure, right? Versus like, I'm a successful gardener because I went out and I watered my crops today and I checked on them and I pulled out some weeds and I took care of them and things are growing. Maybe I didn't collect a carrot or a corn, (laughs) from my garden today, but I know that they're growing. It's a different mentality. And so for me, like content is a way to nurture. It's like that step two, right? If someone hears about me or their friend shares my podcast with them and then they come into my world, I'm not trying to mine for gold. I'm not like, let's, let's work together. It's like, Hey, like you're in my little garden now. Let me give you some water. Let me get you some sunlight. Let me take care of you while you develop. And then when you're ready, I'm here. And so for me, like content feels so much less pressure because I'm like, I'm, I'm just nurturing over time. This, this requires patience, right? This is not like a get rich in seven day plan. This is a sustainable business plan though. And I, I feel a lot better about it. Um, so I really like, I like that distinction. Um, for me, the next one that I wanted to share, it's kind of related to what we talked about last time which is like guide positioning versus diary slash hero positioning. I found the content that resonates the most is when I'm guiding. And it's interesting. So yesterday, if you go to my Instagram, I made like a diary post. I I don't do it a ton, but I had a really hard day with my two-year-old. And it's interesting because I got more comments on that post than other posts. But I noticed no one was looking at my profile. If you look at my analytics, no one was really looking at the profile. No one was asking how to work with me. And that's a great example of guide versus diary. I got a lot of connection. I got a lot of people resonating with it, but I wasn't positioning myself like a guide, like here I am to coach you. 
I go back and forth between the two, but in general, like if I had to pick a ratio, it's like 80% guide, 20% diary hero, if that makes sense. I think the content that creates paying clients are the, is when you position yourself like the guide, like this is what my client so-and-so went through. This is what we did together. These are the results she got when we worked together. That's a guide. These are three things that I think through when I work with my clients. That's a guide positioning versus like, this is what I'm going through. This is what I did. Hero diary. I like both. Um, and if you, if you notice that you're like, oh my gosh, like I only write as the hero, that's okay. I think if you just start to write more like the guide, I think you'll find people more interested in what you do than just like, this is so great. Like, oh my gosh, I love your thoughts, right? Like you want people to be like, oh, I want to be in your story. I want you to be the guide in my story. That's, that's the point of that whole positioning. Any questions about what we've talked about so far? Okay. The next one that I wanted to share is context versus wisdom. And this is something that I really struggled with <laughs> as a coach. I've always been a deep thinker. Um, I've always been an old soul. And so I tend to go like right into the wisdom. And one of the things that um, I was frustrated by early in my coaching career was like, I'm sharing amazing content. Like, I don't get what, like, where's the disconnect? Why am I not fully booked? And what I realized was like the context. For example, if I share a quote about success from my own mind versus Tony Robbins shares a quote of success, the context is different. And this is why I really like telling stories about our clients or stories about our own life. Um, or like, especially like if you want to be the guide, telling stories about the clients that you have because of context. We are not Tony Robbins. So sharing big ideas, people will like it, but it's not going to have the same effect that I think we want it to. This is like, was a hard pill for me to swallow to realize like, it didn't matter how wise I was. I had to be relevant. I had to like have something that connected me to my clients because it wasn't just my wisdom that people were going to like connect to. They wanted to feel like I was a real person. They wanted context for what I was saying, which is why stories are so powerful. And if you look at all of the things that we've already listened to, like, I'm really going to point you towards stories. I think that telling stories is a really powerful way to create content um, because that's how we learn. That's what's interesting is when we, when we learn from content, it was probably a story. It wasn't this breakdown of five steps to feeling better. That is not how we learned it. We probably learned it in the context of a story of someone's personal experience paired with some maybe like tools or ways of, you know, five step <laughs> processes or whatever, but it was the story that resonated. It was a story that we remember and, or that, that clicked, right. That like, Oh, like I get that. Um, and so for me, like, I'm always trying to tell stories because it doesn't matter how wise I am. I'm putting myself in context for my people where it's like, I'm real. I've never made a bajillion. I haven't made billions of dollars like Tony Robbins. I haven't transformed hundreds of thousands of people's lives like Tony Robbins, but I have done real work in the world. And that's valuable. One of the things that um, I think we have to, I'm going to put here is like, we can't judge ourselves. So I think we have um, this like little fear that if we tell our real stories, it's not going to 
inspire people. So we go into like the wisdom, like this is at least how I think about it. Like, well, my, I haven't like helped someone like make a bajillion dollars. So why would I share that? I help someone have a $20,000 month. That doesn't, that seems so small compared to some, what some of other, these other coaches are doing like, no, but like that feels so real to my ideal client, right. Or helping someone parent better or whatever my real context is versus theory and wisdom. None of this is absolute. I hope you really feel that like all of these, like you can go in and out. Sometimes I'm the, the hero in my story. Sometimes I am just sharing plain wisdom with no context. Like it's a quote or a deep thought, but what I'm hopefully sharing is like thinking about it, I guess, more open-minded so that you, I think, tell more stories and are grounded in the real results you can create, that it is enough that what you can actually help people with, it might seem small in your mind, but it is not small to the, in the eyes of your ideal client, and your ideal people. How do you tell your stories? that's not diary hero. So um, I think telling stories about your clients is the easiest way to do that, surely. Um, because when we tell our stories about our own breakthroughs, it can serve. And I think that they, that can be powerful. Like maybe when you are doing the work or getting coached or reading a book or whatever, the breakthrough that you had, it's not like it's not relevant. Like I was sharing the, the um, Instagram post that I posted yesterday. It was a very diary hero type post. And I got a lot of connections. I got a lot of people posting on it and messaging me, um, but no one asking me about coaching. And so I think it's the intent, right? Like the gardening versus mining. I'm gardening right now. <laughs> I'm trying to create connections. I'm trying to make sure that I'm like loving and open. I'm not like trying to get right now. And so the diary makes sense. I think where the disconnect is, is I see coaches who are like, I'm sharing all my breakthroughs every day and no one's asking me about coaching. And there's no guide positioning. I think we have to do both. And so if you want to be the guide, tell your client stories, tell the stories of when you coached a client and they got a breakthrough or the results that they got, make your clients the hero. I promise you'll have way more people asking you about your coaching. Hopefully that makes sense. Any other questions about this? Okay. Um, the, the next one I'm going to say, another one that I, um, <laughs> I tend to perform and this might be something that you guys resonate with too. Sometimes I think we want to put our best foot forward and that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to want to be our best, right? But I can tell you the things that have connected with my people the most is when I'm being more raw, no, no performance, right? Um, when we're trying to impress or persuade people, it's easy to fall into that because we're like, well, I'm in a business. Like I, I need, like, that's why I'm here. I'm like trying to get people to pay me, <laughs> right? Versus like, you are trying to find the voice of thought leadership within yourself. Um, for me, like that has always, like, especially for my podcast, if you have a podcast, that was so helpful for me is like, this is my self-exploration and I'm positioning it as a way to serve people. But my mentality is like, I'm not here to persuade or convince or impress anyone. <laughs> and that allowed me to stick with it a very long time. It's why I haven't really burned out from creating content. 
it's also, what's interesting about this too, is like my audience has always been enough for my goals. I've always made the amount of money that I've wanted to make because I always believed I had enough people. This wasn't about convincing or persuading people to join my cause or to become viral, especially as a coach. Like we don't need to be viral to have an amazing business. And I think the difference is, is like sharing what's real and true from your experience, that context, that story is going to resonate with the people who are already in your world versus like trying to perform to reach the masses. It's a different experience. And so for me, I know what I'm trying to persuade when I'm like really nervous about how people are going to take this or like really obsessed with like, did people like it or share it? Instead of it being like heartfelt, like this was helpful for me. I hope it's helpful for you. Gardening, right? Um, And so all of these things, like I said, are more of like a spectrum. It's not like if you write like a hero, you suck. (laughs) That's not true. It's just like, maybe let's play with positioning like the guide a little bit more. Um, Maybe you've been sharing lots of deep wisdom. I was, there was a phase of my business. And sometimes I find myself in it when I'm in a, in a, phase of like deep work a lot of my content becomes very deep and it's not an accident but what I've noticed is like sometimes people like that's amazing I don't know what to do with this (laughs) like interesting that's cool nothing right versus like giving them context of what I do how I live my life what kinds of results my clients get more of like the story has always been more helpful in actually signing clients than the deep the deepest wisdom, right? It's kind of like, I think about um, Eckhart Tolle. He's one of my favorite authors. I've never hired him to coach me. He's not relevant to me. I hire people who shared stories where I saw myself as their client in the story. And that was like, so obvious to me. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be Eckhart Tolle. I need to be Amber Smith, the coach that's actually like real for my people. And that changed the way I saw content because I think it's so easy to be distracted with the Instagram gurus talking about what you need to do to go viral and what you need to do to um, get more likes or more engagement. When like, that's just what metrics are we trying to measure with our content? For me, I, it's more qualitative than quantitative. And that looks like people responding and telling me that my work is impacting them. Um, when my, when my paying clients tell me they listen to my podcast and say that they got something out of it, I'm like, that's amazing because I'm in it for the gardening relationship. They're already paying me. It didn't, I didn't go mining. I didn't go get a new client, but I'm serving as being of service and it's working for my people. And for me, that that's way more fulfilling than this endless hamster wheel of virality that I may or may not even achieve in my lifetime, if that makes sense. And so for me, like reminding myself, why, like, even just asking yourself is like, why am I creating content today? (laughs) Like why? I don't have to. There's lots of ways to grow businesses without creating content. I think we're sold this idea that it's free, that it's easy, um, that consistency, you can grow this huge audience and things like that. And while that might be true, I think there's a whole nother world to live in where it's like your own development, your own evolution, and you're taking people for a ride with you and serving people who are relevant in your life and who feel like you're relevant in their life. To me, that's, that, that's why I started a coaching business, not a real estate business, not a cryptocurrency business, not a flipping house business, 
right? Like I wanted to serve people in real tangible ways, like authentic, qualitative ways. Okay. Any questions about this little spectrum of things, gardening, mining, service versus gain, guide versus hero. Ashley. Um, I'm just wondering like how this, like how can I make this apply to me, Amber? Because like, I feel like all of my posts are like, I'm just there to like educate people. Like, a, that's, but a lot of what you do is educating. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, do I need to, sorry, I don't know if you can hear the saw going in the background. Like there's somebody no, else. I can't. Song. You're good. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if I need to like make like something, my captions more powerful or, you know, cause I don't, I don't know. I guess I feel like my, I don't know. So this is what's interesting. So I follow the glucose goddess. This is like the first example that popped into my head. Do you follow her? Huh. Love her. I think you would like her, her stuff too. She talks about the transformation that like people get when they realize like how we, our body metabolizes glucose at different times, depending on what you eat, like M&Ms versus M&Ms with almonds, for example. Anyway, I love her content. It's super educational. Ask me if I would hire her as my coach. I wouldn't. I love following her on social media. I like her posts. It's super educational. I bought her book. What's interesting, and this is something that, um, by chance, Ashley, have you listened to Mark's podcast? I haven't, no. So he talks about this difference, training business versus coaching business. And I think for me, this was huge. I see the matrix like a training business, but what I do with my one-on-one clients is very much coaching mentorship. So you might find the same thing with like ease in, in your group programs. You probably do a lot of training and teaching. So your content, it makes sense that your content is involving a lot of training and teaching. But for coaching, it's always from a relationship, like your, your one-on-one clients. Maybe they, they started with a group and then you guys built this relationship and they asked about one-on-one coaching. Maybe they met you from someone else. But like most people can trace back a one-on-one client from relationship building, not from a training post, Mm -hmm. but like the training posts build demand for a training offer. So I don't think you're doing content wrong for what you're trying to create in the world at all. But maybe there's something, does does anything like stand out to you that maybe you could do more of? I very rarely, like when it's a, post on Instagram like do I post like about myself mm-hmm. or like my own transformation yeah. like I'll talk about that a little bit in my podcast yeah but I, I think that I could probably share more about like my clients experiences yes if just observing you like I know you're and what's interesting this is kind of what I meant by judgment like you might not think it's that big of a transformation but it is like mm-hmm. them even just having more energy is a transformation yeah Okay. Yeah. Like I've always been kind of like, Ooh, people aren't like interact. Like I don't get a ton of likes. I get a lot of like shares and saves, mm-hmm. 
but I don't get a lot of interaction. Even if I put like a, a call to action in my post, very mm-hmm. rarely do I get any comments or anything like that. I don't know why that is. And I don't know if I need to change anything to. I think it depends on what you're measuring and what you're wanting out of your content. What do you want out of your content? I want people to know that like I'm a trusted source yeah. that they can come to. And I, I have told you before how much like I love to like nurture um, relationships in the DMs. And so yeah. just to start a relationship really or to yes. nurture a relationship. So this is what's interesting is what if you stopped worrying about the likes and stuff and just notice like how many people are DMing me? Yeah. Yeah. That's a win. I think that's even more important than a like or a share. Mm-hmm is like, I love how you do it. Like ask Ashley, like, I mm-hmm. love that because I feel like it's like what you do is a lot of like private information. So it's like, just come DM me. You don't have to, yeah. it doesn't have to be a public thing to me. DM is the top measurement for me. Yeah. I want to be in the DMS with people because I know people who DM me become paying clients, people who like and comment maybe but most of the time I can trace back my DM conversations of paying clients. So for mm-hmm. you, it's working. You might not be getting the likes. And that's something that we can talk, like, that's a different mentality of like, how do I go viral? How do I get more engagement? How do I be seen by more people? That's a different conversation than what I'm talking about, which is like, how do we nurture that relationship into a paying client? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two different things. Totally. Okay. Thank you. Maybe it's just like that. I mean, it's working. <laughs> what I'm doing is working. Yeah. Like I, a, a year ago, year and a half ago, I was really freaking out about like, oh, I don't get any like engagement, mm-hmm. but I do get a lot of DMs and I have like, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't need a lot of likes and I definitely don't need to go viral. So it's fine. Yes. So there's a great example of this. His name is Kellen Flukiger. <laughs> or Flukiger. <laughs> anyway, he's a coach. I listened to his podcast called, it's called the ultimate life podcast or your ultimate life, something like that. Anyway, I love him. <laughs> and if you looked at him on social media, his posts are so weird and he gets like three likes and his podcast is kind of weird, but I kind of like it. Like, it's like very like light quality of life type podcast. And he coaches very exceptional people, but you wouldn't know that based on his content. And I'm like, this is a, this is the, exactly what I'm talking about what metrics are you measuring? He's measuring real life results with real clients, the amount of money he's making. He's not caring about likes or look, even looking cool. Like I wonder if I could pull him up. Um, and and like, those are different things. Like I'm not the Instagram guru. Like, I don't think that that's what you guys come to me for. I'm not going to help you go viral. As you know, I don't care. I don't care about that. Um, because I track certain metrics. I care about the money I make that that's as a business owner, I think it's important, but my money has nothing to do with how many likes I get on social media, just to be really honest. Um, so this is Kellen Flukiger. <laughs> He's got 532 followers. His wow. content is like nothing, but I would, I might hire him as my coach. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just interesting to think through what, what we're observing as far as what we're tracking, what numbers actually make sense. Cause if, if you looked at him based on how many likes he got, he doesn't get that many likes, but the impact he's had on people like me is very high. Yes. Yeah. And like, I, I remember Katie and I talking about this mm-hmm. and being 
like feeling this way about you. Like she doesn't have a ton of, like, this was when you, you know, didn't have a ton of followers. And I still don't. Yeah. Like, and, and, and Katie and I were both like, she is like the hidden gem on Instagram. And I remember being like, I want to be the hidden gem of my niche. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. And this is, what's also interesting you, I would put you in like a high ticket realm. Like you're not selling a $90 product. You're selling thousands of dollars worth of coaching and training. You don't need that many people to have an incredible business. I went to this, my, the mastermind that I'm part of is called simple scaling with Samantha Siffring. And I'm on the upper end of like, like how, how much money people make, which was interesting because I also have like less social media followers than a lot of people and just a different business model than a lot of them. And it just showed me like, what metrics are we looking at? And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because sometimes we get, I know I've been there one time I got sucked into the world of like Instagram virality. And then I was like, I needed, I need to do a lot more reels or whatever. And it was like, wait, like, what am I really trying to do? I'm trying to sign coaching clients. I don't need that many people actually. I need like 10. <laughs> yeah. Know? Anyway, it, it, it serves me to think that way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Ashley. Any other questions? Okay. I want to talk about, so I'm going to get, I'm going to remove this little list. So if you wanted to take a screenshot of it, take it now. Um, Cause I'm going to clear it. Okay. One, two, three, go. Um, the next one that I, I think that this word is the most important word for content because I want to be relevant to my clients. Sometimes relevant is just showing up. I know sometimes I do not have my most profound posts or my most profound things. And I still just show up because I know someone's going to see my face or see my name. And it's just like top of mind. I think this is a really underrated way to think about content too. Sometimes it's like, I've had people hire me that like, they've never liked anything or like, they don't even really know what's on my podcast, but they just know who I am in the world. And it resonated because I stayed relevant in their mind by just being me and showing up. And so sometimes we get in our mind about like creating the most amazing stuff. And it's like, sometimes can you just be top of mind? (laughs) It's like, like, Oh, you're that, you're that coach. Oh, you do this. Like, this is who you are in the world. When I have this problem, I want to come talk to you, you know, or I've seen, I've read your blog post about this before. I know who you are. What else do you have for me? Relevancy. This is also, I think more important than consistency or frequency, right? Posting every single day at the same time or whatever. Um, that can feel like pressure depending on how you experience that. Some people love the consistency and it feels more safe and certain to have that like every, every day at 8 a.m. I make a post or whatever. Some people that really doesn't resonate. And I just want to say it doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is you being relevant to your people that are going to hire you. And so to me, that looks like following up in the DMs with people that I genuinely care about because I'm a gardener, not a miner. All of you guys, we've had DM conversations before you ever hired me, I promise, because that's how my business goes. Some some people, I remember this one girl, I had had um, like DM conversations with her for like a year. I had boundaries, but we had DM'd for a long time 
and then she bought my highest ticket package. That happens. Because I wasn't attached to when, I didn't have an agenda, and I just served, and I stayed relevant to her when it was time, like that harvest, right? When she was ripe (laughs) or whatever, it was time, and it was an easy, like I don't want to say easy sale because it wasn't, if you looked at the timeline, it didn't look easy. It took like, it looked like it took a lot of time, but then when it was time, it was such an easy, like ready, let's go decision. And I think that that's um, a direct effect of me staying relevant to her, serving her, doing what I do in the world, not being attached to when she was going to come, things like that. Anyone want coaching on like being consistent or relevant? Any drama about that? Okay. This word to me, like, and the other other word I see thrown around in the marketing industry is like omnipresent. I don't think you need to be omnipresent, which is like on every platform, everywhere. That's for a certain kind of business model. For example, I love the Dan Co is his name on Instagram. He is lots of places. He's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. He's on YouTube. He has like, anyway, he's, he's, it seems like he's a lot of places, but if you look at what he's offering, he offers this like $49 a month membership for him to make a million dollars. He has to sell a lot of those. So it makes sense for him to be omnipresent for me when I don't, I need a handful of people to make my business work. I don't need to be omnipresent. I need to be relevant to where my people are. And so this takes the, to me, it takes the drama out of pretty much everything, but Instagram and my podcast, I, my, my posts go to Facebook too, but I think it's like that relief. I feel like that relief, like I don't need to try to be everywhere. I don't need to try to go viral. I don't need to try to be the most different. I just need to be me in the way that's relevant to my ideal client. And for me, like, that's how I see there's like a lot of amazing businesses that aren't like the most successful business, right? This was something, it's like that all or nothing thinking. And I think that creeps in in ways that we might not notice at first, but truly like when you can live in that gray zone where you don't have to be all or nothing, where your content isn't either the best or it's nothing, where it's the most popular, most whatever, or it's nothing, you can create good content and make a lot of money. You can create decent content and sign clients just because of who you are in the world. That's a belief that I hold and it has served me really well because I don't think my content is like the most original, but my conversations with people are. And that's why I kind of talked about the two different ways of thinking about content, either people finding me, which like, I can't, I can't always predict how people find me. Right. Sometimes like I had a friend share one of my podcasts with like four of her friends And one of them ended up in the matrix because of that podcast episode, which is super cool. Couldn't have predicted that. How she found me was my content, but who I was making it for was the people like you, I'm like thinking about nurturing these relationships. And so, yeah, it happens both ways. Sometimes it's an initiation and sometimes it's like, I've known you for a long time. I'm thinking about you. Here's the podcast episode to help you. Both are awesome. Um, But for me, it's like, the relevancy factor. I want to be relevant for people who just found me, but I also still want to be relevant to the people who've been in my world for a long time. I want to think about serving them, even if they've never paid me yet. 
Okay. That is my little spiel for today. I would love to coach on anything. It doesn't have to be necessarily content related. Obviously that's what we're talking about today. Um, but anything that's coming up for you, let's talk about it. That's where it gets real. <laughs> uh, Ember. Yeah. I think what you were saying earlier about virality, it really um, like resonated with me. I think I'm like in that phase right now where I think I care. I don't know. Maybe just like, maybe just recently. Um, so I'm like thinking, I think I have this desire in me to like create a movement. And my belief is that in order to make that happen, I need to go viral. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of like, okay, when do I... Hmm, so maybe that that's like when I'm thinking about like the big picture, but then I'm also like, okay, how can I bring myself back to the daily stuff to really think about, okay, how can I help one person? Because I think sometimes I'm just like so stuck in the vision. I'm like, okay, I need to do that. And I need to go viral. And I care about that a lot yeah, more than like the individual relationships I'm building. So I'm also thinking a little bit like, oh, this is not enough right now. Yeah. I'm going to give you an example because like, I don't think it's bad like at all. I hope I didn't make that picture, that picture that it's bad to want to go viral. I don't think it's bad. But I'm curious, Shirley, what are your goals right now? Like, right, like for this year, the end of 22, 2022, what are you trying to do? Um, I... Well, I know what my goal is for this month. It's like yeah, oh, to sign three clients. Yes. So can you see, it's like your mind is split when you're trying to create content that goes viral. Because this is what's interesting. I consume viral content. Ask me if I've ever paid them money. I don't. Versus like a DM conversation with someone who's relevant to me, I would. Even if they're not Tony Robbins. Right. And so for you, it's like, can you see the split that's going on in your mind? Like part of you wants to build this massive movement and that might require viral content. It might, but for you to hit your goals of three clients, what really needs to be done is like, you need to be in the DMS with five people a day. You need to be thoughtful and maybe sending articles or podcasts to people who have had were nose on consults last year. <laughs> um, you need to respond to people's comments on your posts you need to initiate relationships with people who are following you. Looks very different. Actually has nothing to do with even creating content. Content is your step two. So like when they get a DM from you, that's meaningful and thoughtful. They go and look at who is this person and then they see your content. It's a different way of thinking than how do I make this post get 10, 10K follow or 10K likes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about, um, uh, kind of like, I, I just lost my train of thought, but okay. I, I can relate to, like, I can see that. And then I'm also thinking, uh, like I, I uh, that sentence you said earlier of like, what if in my entire lifetime, I don't go viral and that's okay. I think I need to sit with that because I don't know. I'm, I'm always like, okay, what if like 
one day I go viral and then like everything well you know like I think I'm thinking that way like if if by some chance something that I create goes viral then that's where it happens or that's where it starts to happen yeah but like I'm not there yet I I kind of want to shatter your world because I I just coached someone a few weeks ago that had a post go viral and she had like thousands of followers overnight and she's not making any money from those followers. It is not the magic pill that people think it is. And what I, what's interesting, like this is like kind of Amber's take on the coaching industry, I guess. But like what's modeled to us and what's sold to us, you have to be mindful, right? I think of this guy, Brock, whatever his name is, the guy that sells Instagram stuff. Yeah, it matters that he's he's viral and he teaches the importance of virality because he has a, something to sell you about virality and getting more Instagram likes, right? When people say like the best way to make passive income is a membership, of course, they're about to sell me something about growing my membership. It makes sense. It's just being mindful, right? Of what is happening. And so it's like, not just listening to people, what people say, it's watching what they do. Right. And so for me, virality, I'm like, that was never, when I started my coaching business, that was not my intention to do this. I didn't want to be the most well-known. I wanted to coach real humans. And it's why I still do one-on-one. I like, love it. I'm interested in true transformation. And that requires some of this. Cause like, it's like asking yourself the question, like for your movement, what does that actually mean? Does it mean that you are world known? I don't know. Maybe you are. And that's, that's a different skill set, right? Than signing three clients this month. And so I think it's just being really honest about what you're working on now and what you're planting seeds for, for the future. Let me ask you a hard question, Shirley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you really want to create with your business? If you cut out all the noise. I think what I really want to build is to build a community. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely, mm, I, I know that coaching is part of it, but I know a lot of it is also just like education and training. Yeah. And so I can really see myself building a m- membership. So that's why there's like this desire in me to like, you know, create, get people to see more of me yeah, and yeah. create more visibility but that I also feel like this like I'm not there yet you know maybe right now I need to just focus on signing clients like this month and this year but what I love about that is that that is building the community too mm-hmm. are they different I get maybe that's a good clarifying question are the clients that you want to sign would they qualify for the membership that you're trying to create or are they different people oh no they're definitely like like I think about the community I'm creating, the clients I have now are going to be like my, my hardcore like fans first. Yes. Yeah. Like I can totally see them as like the founding members of the community mm-hmm. I'm building. And so maybe it's like not thinking about like, oh, I'm going to create this, you know, like this big, I don't know, community or uh, paying clients, like hundreds of them. Yeah. And maybe just think about like, 20 or like 10 yeah and focusing on that yeah because it's kind of like that gap in the game have you read that book the gap in the game uh no but I've heard you talk yeah about 
Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Cause I love it so much. I'm like obsessed with it. It's kind of like just choosing to live in the gain of the business you've already created. And yeah, you are planting seeds for a membership community, but like, let's feel good along the way. Cause I think what happens is like, I want to build this community of a thousand people and my business won't feel good enough until I do that. And then we miss the three clients that would actually love to work with you in the month of November. Mm-hmm. And yeah. There's like a delay in you making money, a delay in you during service service because you are in the gap instead of look how great my business already is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like thinking about the future is so much more exciting as well mm-hmm. than actually being here and doing the work. And sometimes it feels hard. So yeah. it's nice to like dream and go oh, yeah. there. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like distracting from like the uncomfortable action that actually moves our business forward today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Like today, I sent a DM to someone who felt really intimidating to me about her coming onto my podcast. And it felt really intimidating. I was like, but this is what moves my business forward in this season, right? I could think about my million dollar business all day, but this is what's going to move me forward. And it's all almost always right out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because I bet thinking about your membership community feels really good. But thinking about creating a conversation today that would lead to a paying client doesn't necessarily feel good, but that's, what's going to get you the three clients this month. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Their brains are wired different. Yeah. Yeah. And also the other thing you said about uh, like sharing personal stories, because Mm -hmm. I feel like, like for life coaching, it is important that I share my stories. Yes. I, I agree. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, am I talking I don't know, like, am I positioning myself as a hero and people are just being inspired or are they actually seeing that themselves as my clients? Yeah. Like I can actually help them. And like I said, I don't think it's like, we never talk about us being the hero. Mm -hmm. I think people want to hear, especially like our clients want to hear that, like we've created good results in our own life. Right. Especially if you're a life coach, you should have results to share with them. But I think if that's all you share, they're like, surely you're awesome. You're so great. That was so inspiring. And you're like, yeah, but I can help you too. And they're like, oh, you can? (laughs) I didn't know that. So by doing the guide, positioning yourself like the guide, it's like you're clearly making room for them in the story. Like, come do this work with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. It might just be adding, just try it, right? A guide positioning post today where you're talking about one of your clients and the results that they got. And the breakthroughs that they had in session with you. Just see. What's interesting, it might not get as many likes or comments, but I bet it'll it'll make the wheels turn in the people who are considering working with you. Mm-hmm. Just, okay. just experiment. Anything else? Okay, that's good. Thank you. Okay, you're awesome. Do both. That's my encouragement for you. Build the membership community by signing these clients this month. Cool. Okay. Any other questions? I do. Yeah. Another question. Okay. So this weekend, um, I was at a um, an expo, and we I always invite a couple authors into my booth who are, have different genres that I write because I think it attracts more people. Yeah. And um, as, you know, I was really nervous to do it this year because I have nothing new. (laughs) 
But at the same time, since I'm not doing, since I've been teaching, I haven't been doing as many like author visits and signings and things like that. And so I've just always kept this one. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a nice ego boost when my fans come up to me. Oh, you know, she's the best telling everybody around, you know, you, you should read her books and all of that stuff. So it's kind of takes me out of when I'm isolated, which is not really my personality to stay isolated writing. And um, so I was with these other authors and I, oh, <laughs> it's going to sound really conceited and stuff, but it's, I'm just trying to um, say the facts, but I, I always blow away any other authors that are ever with me, no matter how popular they are. Um, I sign way more books than anybody who's there. And um, as I was there, um, all of these thoughts, this other author that I had come in, she's fabulous, right? It's a totally different genre than I do. And as she was creeping up, on you know what I was doing I kept thinking oh. I started getting nervous like inside I was thinking wait you know I'm supposed to be the one who everybody is seeing and um selling the most affecting the most people and I had to talk a lot more um, with people in order to move the same amount of books and it was just a different feel and I started as I creeped up on the end of of the of the expo I was thinking to myself why am I feeling this way I have to stop feeling threatened or um, better than they are they're exactly the same they they should be able to have that and I've never felt like any authors were competition with me. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel that and I hated it. Um, I hated seeing that in myself. And so how, how do you in the moment when things like that happen, like stop it from happening? Cause it just snowballs, right? Mm -hmm. Well, first step is not to judge yourself for being human and being competitive. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes I get really competitive. I have this weird all or nothing thing where I'm like, if I <laughs> can't be the best, like it's pointless, basically. Yeah. I have that yeah. default thinking where I'm like, well, she was a millionaire by that age. She had three kids and she made that much money. Like I can't, if I can't be better than her, what's the point? It's either like, I, if I'm not a hundred, I am zero. And then there's so much room in the middle. And there's a quote from a great book. It's an old book that I love. It's called the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles. And um, he says, don't compete for what's already been created. Create basically like if you create your own audience of amazing readers and they create theirs, there is no competition. You can both have amazing businesses and it's, there's actually no competition. I get that. Like I get well, that. Yeah. But if you want to make the jump of feeling competitive or jealous into that, you can't just do that first. You have to be like, Oh, interesting. I'm feeling a little jealous or I'm feeling a little competitive right now. That makes sense. We don't need to judge that. 
that that okay. neutral observer it kind of neutralizes that emotional charge to that yeah because then I was just like starting to like crash right because mm-hmm. I'm thinking oh I'm a bad person for thinking this mm-hmm. that you know I mean I I this person wanted fantasy and I sent him when I you know to her and you know they signed she signed books for them but I just think at the time I was thinking you are a bad person for you know not celebrating that because I've always been able to celebrate that with everybody but then that's because I was always way above them and so then I was thinking you are selfish you know you are uh, you know stop being this way this is not who you are um and I wasn't exactly sure how I could get out of that. And the more that I do author things, I know I will come upon that. And I don't want to have that kind of crashing going on. Well, I think it's what you made it mean that they're getting the success. Yes. Does it, does it mean that you also can't have success? No. What is what's no. actually true? Yeah. That you both can have success. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I really do believe that. And I've always believed that, that Mm -hmm. I am not, I'm truly not in competition with any other author, but I hated how obviously there must be something because it was bugging me. Well, it might be triggering you right now too, because maybe your business is just in a different place. Yeah. 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 When we're in that vulnerable position, it's kind of hard to be around other people who are winning. But what's interesting is if you can learn to celebrate and like the word that I like to use is bless, like the people ahead of you, the quicker you get to that level too. Yes. From a genuine place. You know, if you like really wish them all the best, you're right there again. Yeah. So when I used to be able to do that easily. So I'm wondering maybe just because I'm more, not only the position in my business, but I'm more aware. I don't know. That's another thing that I think happens is when we become more aware of our own emotional state, we add judgment to it, right? You might've felt competitive in the past and didn't really make it mean anything, but now you're self-aware. So you're watching yourself be competitive and now layering on some judgment too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that's why I think we like almost like create problems where there used to not be. Yeah. I thought I'm backsliding. Why am I backsliding? You're not backsliding. You're just hyper aware right now. And that's okay. (laughs) Like what I would do is just like, let it go. Forgive yourself for feeling competitive because the truth of who you are is you want them to win too. And I totally do. And that's, what's more true than you being competitive. Yeah. Yeah. So I just let that go. Okay. And then keep coming back to who you want to be, which is excited, abundant, cheering them on. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Cindy. Yep. Hey, any other questions? Okay, you guys, go have fun. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs>